Ladies and gentlemen, uh, good morning and welcome to WED. I'd now like you to meet our boss, Walt Disney. Hi, travelers. This is Space Mountain Mission Control. Please bear with us. Your ship is being prepped for launch and should be ready to go soon. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. I am no chicken. I will not talk. You just remain seated and we'll be right with you. W. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 596. I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best Disney vacation experience when you come back to the parks, but I also want to bring you some of that Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, my live video broadcasts every Wednesday, books, blog, audio tours, and more. Whether it's your first time visiting or you've been hundreds of times, if you're planning your next Disney vacation or love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. If you're a new listener, thank you, welcome. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts and find everything else at www.radio.com. I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer more of your questions about a variety of topics, including booking your next trip to Walt Disney World now that the parks have reopened, brunch outside the parks, books on Disney leadership, the best bar in Walt Disney World, how to get somebody to appreciate the parks, a secret sake bar in Disney, the mystery and story of the doll in the window, frisbee golf, the Troubadour Tavern, Disney Springs, and much more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information, updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Over the years since I began podcasting, back in 2005, the show has grown, evolved, I hope, maybe gotten better, and but still I think remain the same in terms of its mission, its message, and most importantly, that it is and always has been about, for, by, and sometimes with you. And it's not just about things I can share with you, but do for you and things we can do together. And really, I don't want you to just be a passive listener. I really want you to be part of the show, more importantly, the community and the family. Um, Now, I think more than ever, I really wish that you were here with me, with us in Walt Disney World. And, And as much as I try and bring the world of Disney and Marvel and Star Wars to you, I also want to try and help you by answering your questions. And to help me do that is someone that isn't just a long, long time sponsor longtime friend, travel buddy, uh, maker of magic. She is the genie to my Aladdin because she makes dreams come true for her clients. The Pumba to my Timon, not just because I like to dress and drag and do the hula, 
necessarily <laughs> the dory to my Marlin because she's so supportive and we both, I think, continue to, to grow together. You are the Boy. stitch to my Lilo. Wow. Okay. You're a little really bit of a troublemaker, but you know the importance of Ohana and that nobody gets left behind. You are the Cogsworth to my Lumiere because we cheerfully bicker and you're so tightly wound. And oh, you're the my. buzz to my Woody because it shows <laughs> that good friends can come from unexpected places. And sometimes we're actually more alike than we are different. She is, of course, Becky Mankin, the queen, the empress, the owner, and the chief maker of magic over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. How long did it, no wait, what you did was you just took every single character that you've ever stated on any email show and just put it on the, on the table. I was well, going to say. I tried to think about our I, relationship and how it's developed over the past aww. 13-ish plus yeah. years. Look, we've done a lot of shows together. And actually somebody in the WW Radio community on Facebook said they just went back and found the very first show that you were on and just how different and how things have grown and evolved since then. Oh, yes. We've had so much fun. You've done (laughs) so much to help people. And that's why I was like, hey, let's open up the inbox again and uh, answer some listener emails. Really a mystery mailbag, which I know that you can't stand not seeing this totally them freaks me out. in advance. This totally freaks me out on so many levels because you throw stuff at me all the time just to watch me um, squirm. Well, this is bit. part and, of the fun, you know, is that um, is is seeing the yeah. wide variety of questions that are in there. I was going to really... say my rocket to your Groot, but you know. <laughs> 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 that's giving you a little too much hype. Though. Yeah. Well, wow. Uh, yeah. Look at that. I know. There you go. Thank you, like big, much older just sister. Uh, and by the what? way, if you have a question you want me to answer at the older. end, you can email me. Just a little bit older. Lou at www.radio.com. And who a knows, A little bit Becky, older, a lot wiser. I might even throw a little <laughs> lightning round surprises. Oh, clearly, there. I'm expecting that. Well. Um, and, okay. I do and I want to preface this by saying that, you know, when we're recording this, in mid to late July 2020, um, we are still in the midst of uh, not just everything happening with COVID, but the the gradual reopening of the Disney parks and resorts. And I just, if you are starting to, you know, I think because of the content that's being shared, that's why I'm doing a lot of live video from the parks. If you are starting to get comfortable and starting to think about going back to Walt Disney World, you, I think, understand the importance of um, not just obviously having a room at the resort so you can actually make your reservations, but the importance of having some help there. Um, I think now more than ever is the time to use the services of Becky and the entire team at mousefantravel.com. Oh. Especially because everything is changing. We, we've we've been so um, used to doing things a certain way, having fast passes, being able to make dining reservations, being able to wait until the last minute to book a room. Um, things are definitely changing, and they're they're changing the policies as they go. Like they had a certain level of mask requirements, which just changed over the weekend. So there's new um, rules and regulations to how and when you have to wear your mask now. So it, it's hard enough for us that are professionals that are dipped into all of this detail on a daily basis. But for those of you who are also trying to do things like you know school your kids in your home and juggle work and do all the things you're trying to do, it's a lot of detail to keep up on you know we were talking earlier too that i think people are starting to 
get comfortable with the idea of going back to Walt Disney World. And I hear people all the time saying, I wish Disney World just ran my business. I wish Disney World ran my kid's school because I'd feel a lot more comfortable. I know some people still have some hesitation about getting to Walt Disney World, right? Whether it's flying. Look, I think now is the perfect time to pack up the family truckster, rent a little minivan or, or whatever, and and put everybody in. I think this is a great time for one of those, if you've never done it before, take a little road trip to Disney. See America on the ground. I think getting there really is half the fun. It's, a, it's how I travel to Disney all the time as a kid from New Jersey. And, and don't let any sort of travel hesitations keep you from getting to the place that you hopefully feel comfortable getting back to. Yeah, especially now we've got so many people who are doing just that, where they're getting in the car <clears throat> and going back to the old roots of, uh, you know, piling the entire family for a road trip across three states and uh, watching on social media and seeing how it, it, if there's going to be a silver lining to all this, it's, it is bringing families together. Families are spending more time together, whether good or bad in some instances. Um, I know for me personally, I love my husband to death, but I would love to see another human being besides my husband. So being able to venture out and see the country and get to Disney would be absolutely amazing right now. And uh, of all of the destinations that I've been watching, Disney's done a fantastic job of, of putting all the precautions in place that they possibly can to try to keep people safe. So I, I, I see more being done inside the theme parks and in the resort hotels than in my local supermarket or the local shopping mall. Yeah. And I, I really think that I would feel very comfortable once I got there. And I'm really hoping to return to the magic myself because as you and I were talking before, I really miss it. I really miss being on main street and I really miss hearing the music and seeing my friends and, um, and seeing Mickey. And I, I'm just so, uh, pent up to want to go back and hopefully it'll happen soon well and that's the reason why i've been doing so much live video not from just from when disney springs were open but the polynesian one day and somebody somebody clocked it that in in a span of uh four days at the parks i did about 16 hours of live video which yeah. <laughs> you know was to one connect you to the place that again like you said we all miss and have missed so very much but it is too to let you listener Determine for yourself that level of confidence that you have to see exactly what is going on. And the thing that's beautiful at live video is that it's live. There is no editing. There's no production that goes into it. So you see exactly what we see from a guest perspective in terms of not just what Disney is doing, but what other guests are doing as well. How it's a collective effort um, that everybody is doing. And, and like you said, Becky, it's why I think we feel so comfortable being back in the parks again. Um, I, I had such a, a level of confidence when I saw Disney Springs. And then from the first day I stepped foot and then cried in magic kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's what I got again. And again, if you go to www.radio.com slash community, you can see all the live videos there that I did from all four parks. Uh, again, not just to sort of bring it into your home or your office, depending on where you are, but also to help you determine if and when it's ready and right for you to come back. Yeah. And it really is a personal choice. And that that's one thing that I've been telling people because one, the, one of the biggest questions we're getting is, should I go? And um, I have the clash going in my head every time I hear it. <laughs> but, uh, 
it's it is really your personal choice of of the risk that you uh, want to take or the, the risk and benefit that you have to go through in in order to make that decision. So, one thing that I do know is that I thoroughly enjoyed your coverage in the um, in the parks and here when you were saying eight o'clock in the morning that you're going to be there for rope drop. That was amazing. Cause for me, it was five, <laughs> it was 5 a.m. <laughs> so I was getting my butt out of bed at four 30 in the morning, having my coffee and then planting myself in front of the uh, computer screen, because if that's the closest I can get to the magic right now, I'll take it. And thank you for all of your dedication to taking one for the team and, uh, and bringing that to us because it, it did definitely help a little bit. And I may or may not have gotten something in my eye. No, thank you. And you listener that, that watched, uh, I think you are not alone, Becky. I think that a lot of people didn't even bother getting out of bed. They just sort of laid there with their phones <laughs> and, uh, and tuned in and, and, um, yeah, I, I appreciate the ability to, um, share that with you. And more importantly, you share that I know when you me, miss so. me, don't you? You miss, miss having me around to say, would you go get me a water? Could you go get me a hot dog? Please. I need a chimichanga. Can if we you, go eat Becky, something anybody, in a cone? Becky, if anybody has ever watched us live, we they know that that's not how it goes. All right, look, let's get right into the email because we have a lot to get that. to. Hmm. Um, again, we don't look at these ahead of time. I just sort of literally open up the inbox quickly, sort of skim and scroll through. And I think I found one to kick things off. That is right in your wheelhouse. Uh, and I picked this one only because I saw a number come up a few times. No, Becky, okay. the number is not 33. Calm down. <laughs> Bummer. So, but it says, there. Lou, this is from Brian Mills. It says, Lou, and hopefully Becky, oh. my saintly wife, good way to phrase it, has agreed yes. to shepherd a new 21-year-old and three- 21-year-olds 20, with a minimum of 20 years' experience each uh, around the world in November. I know food and wine, what could possibly go wrong? And this says, and I quote, my question is, in Becky's wheelhouse, what are the suggestions for a newly minted 21-year-old that likes sweet drinks oh, and the three yes. experienced guides that like bourbon and old fashions? We do believe in quality over quantity Ooh. And would not mind a guide. We're DVC members, Tables in Wonderland, annual pass holders. We're going to stay at Saratoga Springs or Beach Club. I don't have the Facebook or the Twitter, but I am possibly your most social, anti-social media fan. I met you and your family once during a Star Wars run, Brian Mills. Brian, this question is little. I saw Becky. She's beaming on the other side of the screen and country because this very much is in her wheelhouse because you're talking about a place to get a drink. And then when you said sweet drinks, oh, yeah. I, I think you had her at hello. <laughs> you know what? You could almost say oh, there's. This I could do an entire half hour just this on is, this on this I, question. I, I, wait, just so you know, I have we have talked about for a long time, and I think we have to, we're starting to get close to having to do this. We've talked about a top ten places to get a drink or lounge or whatever it might be in Walt Disney World. So, well, I think it's time we started we get that one on the books. But for today's purposes, they're looking for somebody who just turned twenty one. With some guides, sounds like some older adults that like bourbon and old-fashioned. They want quality over quantity. 
Where would you send them in Walt Disney World? Okay, so immediately I'm going to um, jump to the sweet side before we go to the to that because Trader Sam's is the first one that comes out of my brain right away for sweet drinks because you were think, talking about quality. They do a really good job of mixing there, and sometimes too good of a job of mixing there. But uh, a lot of the the drinks that they have also come with a show which I really, really, really enjoy. It, it, it's, um, it's a little loud. It's a little rambunctious in that, in that space. But um, you do get entertainment from every time somebody is, is ordering a beverage. So that's one of the ones that comes to mind right off the top of my head. How about you? So for me, you know, again, to qualify, a place to get a quality drink that is not a club that has the number 33 in it, I think there's a I number have to of different, avoid that one. Right. I think there's a number of things to take into consideration because I, I I think for me, I'm trying to marry theming and decor, mm-hmm. comfort, elegant versus relaxing versus fun. Uh, and there's a number of different places that that come to mind. Um, you know, you want to sit outside on a beautiful evening. You go to Geyser Point at yep. Wilderness Lodge. Nomad Lounge is is really one of my favorite places. Sitting outside, overlooking the water, hearing the sounds of Pandora in the distance at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I think Tutagusto Wine Bar is is that a was, lovely yeah. place. We did a, a live dining review there. But you also seem to be talking specifically about the quality and availability possibly of, of higher end liquors specifically you know bourbons etc there's a number of places in disney world that i think specialize in certain liquors so when you said bourbons the first thing that came to mind was believe it or not it's the polite pig in disney springs because they have not one not two not three keep going they have more than a hundred different types of bourbons at the bar there if you're a tequila person, you go to La Cava de te- La Cava. Tequila without a doubt. If you're a wine bar, if you're a wine person, spoiler alert, I think Wine Bar George is a lovely, lovely place in Disney Springs. And if you're a beer person, which I am admittedly not, there are so many locations with their own specialty beers, so many craft beers, uh, local beers, imported beers. I think Raglan Road is, is certainly... An obvious choice there, especially if you're staying at some place like Saratoga Springs. Any of the places in, in Disney Springs like that are um, great options to go to. So if you want, if you're more of a sweet tea shine person, you go over to uh, Homecoming. If you want a little wine, you go to George. You want something fruity, you can go to Jock Lindsay's. If you want something beerish you can go to to raglan road or you can just stumble your way around to, to all of them at the same evening and then please be <laughs> oh responsible gosh. and uber yes. back to your hotel there was the other thing i was going to say when when they were talking about tips especially for uh that celebration please do not take your own car uh, another one that i really love was um over the grand floridian the enchanted rose I think that is one of the best places to sit down and have a beverage anywhere on property because you got the the views, you've got the wonderful music of um, of the Grand Floridian, and they do a couple of really nice sweet beverages um, table side too. They have one that's called the Amour for Love, and then of course uh, they have one that is Envy too, which 
it's mixed differently table side. And again, another show, I, I keep going back to those, those experiences because you could go into pretty much any lounge or any bar at uh, Walt Disney world or at Disney Springs and, and get served a good cocktail. But I really like the story and the show that goes along with the places like Trader Sam's and, and like the Enchanted Rose, because when you're at home, you could go to any bar or lounge and, and get that same cocktail, but you're going to Disney World to have an experience and to have um, a story put out in front of you. And those are two places right off the top of my head that really give you those experiences. Yeah. And there's really no bad or wrong choice here. I think yeah. a lot of people have their own favorite watering hole in Walt Disney World. I'll post this question in the group on Facebook. If you go to www.radio.com slash community, I'll ask you where is your recommended or favorite place, whether it be a lounge, a bar, um, not just for a, uh, to use your expression, Brian, a newly minted 21-year-old, but a place <laughs> to go to grab a drink or a cocktail or See, a little uh, You got to be kind of proud of me that I didn't just sit and list off every single bar that I could think of, because again, all of those would be good choices. Um, but I could literally sit here and talk about it for 30 minutes. Easy. That, that doesn't surprise me. That I know. Surprise me. You have all so right. much to do. Let's move on quickly. We're gonna, I'm going to try and get through as many as we possibly can today. The next good question luck. comes from Chris Guara, who says, Lou, thanks so much for the show. Love to listen each week to a different take on the world. Oh, I have a history question for you. A couple of years ago, I bought a vintage map of the Magic Kingdom showing the layout of the park at or around opening day. With it was included a travel catalog, which was actually kind of more fun to read with tips on how to take the best photos for your slide sh for your slideshow when you get back home. Um, well, in describing the resorts, they detail the activities at each. And at the Polynesian, they listed Frisbee Golf as one of the activities. Now, I've been going to Magic Kingdom since 77, and I don't remember a Frisbee golf course anywhere, much less the Poly. Granted, back in 77, I was more concerned about doing all the rides at the park and the resort pool than other things. But my question is, do you ever remember a Frisbee golf course at Walt Disney World? Was it at the Poly or somewhere else? And where is it now in relation to today? So let me first be clear. Frisbee, golf. Those are two things that I'm <laughs> awful at. Frisbee and golf. You put them together, I would be awful at Frisbee golf. However, believe it or not, there actually was a little, and, and golf course is a bit of a stretch, but you could actually play a little bit of Frisbee golf at the Polynesian um, really only for about the first year. So it was almost more of like a, a frisbee golf putting green as it were um it's sort of where the the quiet pool uh one of the quiet pools would be now um is they had this sort of little miniature frisbee golf course which i understand i actually have some friends that play frisbee golf i do know that there is another good neighbor hotel um that does have a, a mini frisbee golf course um it's one of the westgate resorts at Lake Buena Vista. Um, I think it's, I think it's the blue tree, the Westgate blue tree. I know they used to, they still might have a, uh, a mini, a, a mini Frisbee golf course there. 
can't even imagine how you play frisbee golf. <laughs> a croquet, frisbee croquet, I could I could understand. But the only I'm... thing I like about golf, Becky, is the golf cart. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or the the lunch afterwards, or yeah. Oh, I mean, yes. But I will say or the beer truck. Last year, I think it was last year, um, Disney debuted, and I played by yeah, myself. I played by myself, so nobody else could see me. Foot golf. <laughs> Foot golf. That's what it was. I remember that there was something new that they came up with. Right. And, so and how played- did you do? Uh, how did I do? This is not the body built for of an athlete. Just so you know, like I know my place in the circle of life. Um, I, I did it when they opened it. It was super fun to try. Um, I'm sure if you have any, uh, but the nice thing I think about foot golf is it's accessible to really anybody. So families can, I have some friends who have done it together as a family. You can do it. The golf course is, I think it's the Eagle course, which is located um, right by Magic Kingdom, right by the Magic Kingdom loop there. Um, it's super accessible. It's really fun. You don't really have to have any, you know, skill set. Um, kids and adults can can play together. Um, I had actually thought about at the time, and I even like made up, I never told you this. I made up like, a graphic and all again, something else I'm not really good at, but I was going to create, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I can do this. We're going to have a WWE radio foot golf tournament. Like we'll get a couple of teams. We'll have a foot golf tournament. We'll do, maybe I will do it. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said this on the air. Well, <laughs> cause now I'm getting excited about the idea again. Maybe what we'll do is we'll get people like from the community or the nation to come together. We'll do a special event when we're able to do special events again. We'll have a little mini foot golf tournament with, more importantly, the celebratory reception afterward. Okay, I, I, I'm in. I, I'm right now. I will take anything. I, I'll <laughs> Becky's talk, just like I'll as long as I can socialize. That's all I want to do. I just want to... exactly. Yeah, I, I wish you would have uh, videotaped yourself no. playing football. Oh no, I have a video. So that you of could it. show us all. Oh, you do? Good. Oh yeah, I do. I don't think so I, ever I think posted you should it. post that. You know what you should do? You should I post went, that maybe to the I nation. Did, you know, maybe I did actually post it. Um, I, I'm actually <laughs> searching as we're, maybe I did. No, I don't think I did. I, I remember putting it together and I'm like, my if, God, if Mangelo, I know you, you are if I know you, you did not post it. Yeah, there's, you, no. you wouldn't have done that at all. But I, I think that'd be a good thing. A little treat for the nation. I think you should post it no, and then get everybody excited do about it possibly doing a tournament. No, why don't we just, we'll, we'll all just do it together instead i I think okay that sounds like that sounds like a plan i'll add it to the list of the 42 other things that we want to do when we all get back (laughs) yeah yeah so all right let's um let's quickly go i I am randomly uh scrolling through the um inbox uh the next is from sarah from colorado who says hey lou while on a recent trip to walt disney world i noticed the oh the doll in the window of the hall of presidents attraction I tried to find anything I could about it online or from my huge collection of Disney books, but unfortunately couldn't find any mention of it. I think I remember you mentioning it on one of your shows, but can't seem to find the right show to listen to that portion. Sarah from Colorado, I love that this is still there. It is one of my all-time favorite details in Walt Disney World. I, I used to give private tours of Magic Kingdom that would last you know, six hours just wandering the tour together. And I loved 
showing people this. And then I, I would actually, I would teach my kids. And then I used to love watching my daughter tell her friends and the emotion that she would express as she <laughs> told the story. Because as you walk through Liberty Square, each of the facades, each of the, of the buildings tells a little bit of a different story. And you'll notice that the subtle architectural changes that really individualize all the buildings and help sort of tell the story of the progression of time. And if you look inside one of the windows, you'll see there's a kettle, you'll see um, there, there's um, there's like a soup kettle and like bars of soap. And then there's another window that there's a little doll that's peering out the window and he's, you don't know where this is? Of all the times we've gone to Magic Kingdom. Well, You've never showed it to me. I, I had no idea. So there's there. a doll looking out the window. And it's actually okay. right now they, they have the. Um, the uh, it's it's not like a Chucky doll, right? Just it is not. Making sure. Okay. Not. <laughs> it's near where the source of the Magic Kingdom thing is. But there's a doll that's looking out for her father. And the way the story goes is, oh. is that the daughter put the doll in the window that waiting for the father to come home, waiting for the Minuteman or the father to come home from the revolution. Obviously, the doll is still there because the father never came back. Okay, now you're going to make me cry. Right. That's, when my daughter oh, used to man. tell the story, she would get all like Ugh. weepy. And I'm like, oh, brava to you, giving 110%. <laughs> But Sarah from Colorado, you can Aww. learn here. You, if since we can't tour the park necessarily together, I still want to take you on a virtual tour of the park. And did you know, Becky Mankin, that my audio tours of Magic Kingdom are still available on the WW Radio shop as well as on um, iTunes? And if you buy them from the shop, they're still just $10 each. You and I, it's like we're walking hand in hand, mano a mano, with the three-dimensional binaural sounds of the park behind us and the secrets, history, stories, and details that clearly I have not even shown you. Yeah, and, and the difference is that you actually tell people things on the audio tours where for it's you and I. It's like, we need to go do this. I need to eat something in a cone. Because I need to usually da-da-da. you're saying, get me out of this heat before I murder you. That's usually how our conversations <laughs> in Liberty Square go. Not in December. In December, it's okay. <laughs> it's right. what, what, what fast pass do we need right now? Which isn't going to be helpful at this moment. All right, let's uh, let me quickly. Okay, so Brian Stanton says again, Becky. I'm I'm sometimes skimming quickly for keywords that might be uh, of interest to you. He says, "Hey Lou, I need to know something. I need to know if a secret sake bar exists. I've always heard that if you're in Epcot at the sake bar and back, they might ask to go. They might ask you to go to a secret sake bar." I was there last year and I asked uh, and the girl said she didn't know if there was a secret sake bar. I've heard other people talk of this. I'd love to know anything about it. Keep up the great episodes, but I'm also, oh, I'm keeping up on the, on all the great current episodes, but I'm also starting from the beginning. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, so a secret sake bar. So Brian, I'm not sure if you just mean the quote unquote secret ish sake bar that's in the Mitsukoshi department store inside the uh, inside the, the the castle, which I think is is somewhat secret, Becky, because it doesn't necessarily show up on a list of right. dining locations or lounges on there. And it's actually one of if you've heard the show before, Brian, you know, 
Japan is my favorite pavilion. I love everything about it. And I do like me a nice little Nagori, like unfiltered cloudy sake. You can go to the sake bar in the back and watch a really nice uh, presentation and a preparation of a number of different types of dry sakes. They have sweet sakes. Nagori is a cloudy, um, unfiltered sake. Actually, Becky, they have one that is from Shirakawa Go, which is where Ooh. we went in Japan on our adventures by Disney last year. We need to go back so much. Um, and this milky white sake has a, a wonderful um, feeling on the palate. So I think there's there's probably seven to ten different sakes, depending on where you go. I know they also, ha- they also often have a, a sake of the month. They have a sake flight that you can mm-hmm. get, where I think that they give you three different types um, you can also get sake from katsura grill and the quick service location right out in front of where you check in for teppanetto and tokyo dining yep exactly and i'm thinking that that's what what they're saying because i don't know of a secret sake bar but the one that's in the very very back if you go back um past the the kimonos and off to the left you'll find that little sake bar that's sitting back in the corner um which that totally reminded me another place to get really good sweet drinks is anywhere in japan yeah <laughs> tokyo sunset actually, um, FYI, they tokyo relatively sunset. recently redid Did- the layout of mitsukoshi so they they've moved the sake bar from the corner um to to the back um it's very it's very small i mean maybe yeah. three or four people can stand there and what i like about it i maybe i need to do a video of there or a live mm-hmm. video from there or some well something about it i'm looking for an excuse to go but if you've never tried <laughs> sake before they have a sake flight which is a, i think it's about $12 and they've got i think it's a junmai a naguri and a uh, probably like one of the drier sake. So you'll you'll get a sample of the sweet, the dry, and the unfiltered. So you can at least take a little sample and see if if you like it or not. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, sake is a it's a, an acquired it, taste for some for sure. But they have some that are um, and you, they have different sort of. There's like plum sake sometimes, mm-hmm. which is um, um, very very sweet. So like it's like it's like wine. I mean, there's different sort of yeah. types of sake that you can get, but a My flight favorite? would be great for that. Oh, yeah. Which one? I'm a Nagori sake guy. Um, it it's unfiltered. Um, it's cloudy. It's very gentle. It's got sort of this creaminess to it. Um, it I know it it, it almost looks milky, but um, it's. Well, I guess what you, what you could do too is is combine your love for sake and food and go to Takumi Thai. Because I know they've got a wonderful selection of sake on their menu there as well. If you haven't heard me say that Takumi Te is arguably the very best restaurant anywhere in Walt Disney World, I'm saying that slowly for added effect, um, that you haven't been listening. And if only I could find somebody to do a Don't get me started. <laughs> do not get me started on that one restaurant. That is, that, that will, that's going to, I'm going to I sink know, you every time. Not just from you, Brian. I want to know if you find this, if this is what you were talking about. And if anybody else has been to the sake bar oh, in uh, Mitsukoshi, what, what do you think? Um, if you go back there and you're doing a video and I'm not there yet, you need to go find out if they've got that big, huge Cheeto. They do not have the giant cheese. So what Becky's talking about is so when we're amazing. in Japan, 
<laughs> one of the things we love about Japan, they they love snacks. Snacks. Woo. And they have a pre-packaged <laughs> snack, which is maybe a five inch long. It there's not it's a giant puff Cheeto. It's like yes. a huge it's giant one. puff Cheeto. <laughs> and it's and so all of us good. were clamoring for that thing. I think I brought like fifty home. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite videos I ever did. It's got to be, God, where is it? It's 2020 now. It's got to be 13, 14 years old probably at this point. Maybe a little bit less. Maybe I did around 2010 or so. Is I went into Japan and I was snacking on some of the unique prepackaged snack items, including the little tiny dried crabs. Did you really eat those? I did. And you'll have. I'll have to link to the video to see what I thought. Oh, I minute. was much younger and skinnier back then, too, by Hold the way. Hold on. You won't share a video of you playing uh, kick golf or whatever, what, foot golf, but you will share a video of you eating teeny tiny little Correct. groceries. Because I crabs. know what I'm good at, and foot golf is not it. <laughs> eating, I got this. I'm, I'm down, but... Yeah. I, I can't even when I look at those little things, I can't even think about eating. I'm not going to tell the, you what the result was, but... You'll, I'll, I'll link to it in okay. the show notes and well as well as in the uh, the W Radio group on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you okay? Moving on. Um, I, I another word caught my eye as I was scrolling through the inbox. This comes from Diane Jones from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Which, by the way, as a very quick aside, I'm there's a I'm getting to. I was just watching Splash on Disney Plus the other night with Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah because it's a great movie. And Splash made me think of Splash Mountain, which, as we know, is going away to be replaced by Princess and the Frog, which, say what you like, I sort of, I, I kind of dig that because I love the music. Mm-hmm. I love the movie. Please bring beignets to Frontierland. Yay. But <laughs> did you know that Splash Mountain was actually named after Splash because Michael Eisner wanted to make it... Don't give me that face, Becky. Michael Eisner wanted to have a Splash-themed attraction in Walt Disney World. And it was um, it was actually Tony Baxter that was like, wait a minute, what if we call it Splash Mountain and we give it a little bit of a different theme because the mermaid in New York City with Tom Hanks does not necessarily fit into Frontierland. That was the the compromise. However, in watching last night, I did not realize this, and I have to imagine it's just a happy coincidence. There is a scene where Tom Hanks is going back to his apartment to see Madison, the mermaid fish, and what song is he singing? But zippity doo No. Yes. Are you kidding? I am like, that. <laughs> you probably jumped out of your is... chair and ran around the living room like five I times. I did. And there was nobody else there but me <laughs> to enjoy that moment or the geekiness. Even right now, you're saying, Mungel, we'll just get to the question. But that <laughs> well, was the question? connection that I okay, made. I don't know. I haven't even gotten to it yet. So <laughs> Splash, Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, The Mountain, Princess and the Frog, zippity doo And beignets. It took me a long time to get there, but go watch Splash, and there you go. I haven't seen that in years. Okay. And believe me, believe it or not, that all came from reading the words Cape Cod, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> this is insight into the you way my brain works. People. I'm so sorry for that. Okay. <laughs> so, Diane, I'm going to get to your question. She says, I was reading a somewhat obscure book about Walt Disney World 
and it referenced the Troubadour Tavern next to Peter Pan Flight, adjacent to the passageway from Fantasyland to Liberty Square. It sold snacks and soft drinks in 1992, or did it close in 1992? I'm not sure which, she says. I can't find any additional information about this location. I don't remember it, even though we started going to Disney World in 1985. Do you know about this small food location? Do you have any photos of it? That Fantasyland Liberty Square passageway is definitely one of my most favorite areas, minus the traffic, of course, in the Magic Kingdom. And I'm very curious about the Troubadour Tavern. I know there's a Troubadour Tavern in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Any information you might have would be greatly appreciated. So, Diane, I do know of the Troubadour Tavern of which you speak. And you have 92.7% of the facts correct. Um, the Troubadour Tavern was actually sponsored by Welch's, the grape juice people, and it occupied the space where the Peter Pan's Flight fast passes are. So it's on the opposite side of Peter Pan's Flight. So not necessarily closest to where the walkway is. It's closer to where Mickey's PhilharMagic is. And it ran from like, I think it was 71 to like 93, and they sold grape juice and other juices there and this collectors is where you i still am looking for one of my personal holy grails of collectibles they used to sell grape juice in little plastic containers that looked like grapes the orange juice was sold in containers that looked like oranges apple juice etc etc and i remember having those as a kid now in the early 90s that uh location name changed from Welch's Troubadour Tavern to Hook's Tavern. And same thing, they sold uh, snacks and and lemonade. And then once they closed that, they modified that and they put the FastPass tickets location, the FastPass ticket locations there. And the crocodile that's on the FastPass sign is actually from the original sign for Welch's Troubadour Tavern. Uh, no, sorry. The, the crocodile was originally from the, the Hook's Tavern sign that's now over the Fast Pass location. Oh, that's cool. I had no idea that was there. I know the Troubadour Tavern in Fantasy, Fantasyland and Disneyland, which I'm very familiar with because they have one of my favorite snacks ever, which I haven't been back there for a while, but they've got, because um, it's a lot of carbs, <laughs> but, <laughs> really? but they have a bacon and sour cream um, uh twice stuffed baked potato snack back there, which we've never made a beeline for that because once you've stopped for the corn dog and then you go for the chimichanga, there's just no room left to get that. Um, But I think we have have to go back and and try that because it's been quite a while since I had it, but they also have, you know, uh, bratwursts back there and top 10 um, places to carb load at Disneyland. Oh, geez. (laughs) You, You can't just, stay at 10 I, I think you could name 10 just in in the first three seconds of your brain because yeah. disneyland is already. carbo load <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not to mention the popcorn carts and the the, oh. the giant pretzels and um oh my gosh oh the um the the big huge funnel cakes that they have down there um they have a churro funnel cake that will satisfy your sweet tooth for the next 20 years if you're not careful because it'll stay on your hips for the next 20 years but it's I was amazing just, 
I was just having this conversation the other day about the food at Disneyland versus food at Walt Disney yeah. World and how different parks have different things that I think they excel in. Um, and, and there's a lot to love about the food at Disneyland. Uh, yep. Dare I say a top 10 snacks at Disneyland episode? Ooh. I I could do it right now just from the top of my head, but I won't because 10 is going to become 30. So we will save that for another day. Okay. Oh, we could even do it live when we actually get back oh, to Disneyland. Exactly. <sighs> red Dog, the Little Red Wagon, and Chimichangas in the Hub. I am coming for you big time, baby. So get ready. Wait All a right. minute. You didn't even mention in a cone. I haven't even gotten to that park yet. I, know. I haven't even gotten right. to California Adventure. That's, that's <laughs> something else entirely. All right. Uh, the next question comes from Eric Streck, who says, Lou, I am enamored with everything Disney from Walt to the music to the little details in the park. My wife and I have taken our son to Walt Disney World every year for the past five years. Raising but no right. matter how much I try to share the story of Disney or point out the little details, I just can't seem to get her to appreciate the parks. It's gotten to the point where she has said this will be our last trip this year. Do you have any suggestions on what I can show her or tell her that may change your view? Or is she just one of those people that doesn't appreciate it the same way that we do? So this is a really interesting question. And I've and I've gotten ones like this before, Becky, saying my spouse, my parent, my brother, my traveling companion is just not the same type of Disney fan. How do I how do I get them into it? And we sort of talk about finding that that, you know, zero entry point for them. So yes, maybe your husband isn't a Disney fan, but he loves golf. Maybe he loves sports. Maybe he loves mm-hmm. American history. You find that thing that can connect for you, but it sounds like what you're trying to do is really get her to dig a little deeper, to dive more into the history and the details. And I think maybe it's that same philosophy of starting with her entry point. So what for her is her favorite attraction? What for her is her favorite movie and start to connect those dots for her. So if you do come back to the parks and she loves, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, (laughs) you know, if she loves American history, you take her to, um, Liberty Square. If she loves, you know, animals, you take her yes. to some of the places at, at Disney's Animal Kingdom. If she loves some of the early Disney classics, you take her to Fantasyland. And Eric, I want to help you out, brother. Like, I want to hook you up. Like, literally, I want to hook you up. So if you aren't sure about what some of those details are or what to tell her, I want you to look like a superhero to your wife. So, Eric, do me a favor, man. Email me. Lou at www.radio.com. I will send you all of my audio tours that I want you to to sit in your car when you're by yourself or at home in your office or whatever. And I know it's a lot of Lou, but listen to them. Take mental notes. This way, when you come with her, you find the thing that she might be interested in and you wow her. Like you did this research just for her. And that might be the thing to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And I love I love summer magic. So you take her to Main Street USA and show her the details of Osh Popham and beautiful Beulah and some of those other things. 
And that might be the thing to sort of grease the wheels a little bit for her to say, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, you know, the hat box over here at the chapeau has to do with Walt and Lady and the Tramp. And because you might be able to start to lead her and breadcrumb her from the things that she really is interested in to some of the ones that she just might want to learn more about. Yeah. And there's so many great opportunities to introduce people to the things that they're passionate about, whether it's Disney or not. So uh, along the lines of the spouses, I've had several, um, several clients who are like, I want to go to Disney three times a year. And my husband's just not into it. There was one in particular, actually two, there was one that had like an 18 year old daughter that they really, really wanted to not let her go out and, you know, because they were getting ready for that empty nest scenario. Um, But they really wanted to just make sure that they had something to go back to. And for her, it was animals. So they took her to um, Animal Kingdom and not just took her to Animal Kingdom. They did the backstage tours to really connect her. And I think that between the backstage tours and some of the other historical pieces, um, there's all kinds of opportunities to introduce them to something that they're passionate about that may not just be, hey, we're going to a theme park. Uh, another one, her, a lady who wanted to have her husband um, really enjoy the park experience with her. They did the uh, the the trains, uh, the tour of the trains. So there's all kinds of opportunities in, in backstage tours, um, in, in other experiences on property, like you mentioned, golf, um, spas. I know that it's not exactly Disney history, but if you want to uh, help get your wife addicted to, uh, <laughs> to going to Disney World, just introduce her to some of the spa experiences that are available there too. So I, I think that a lot of people, really laser focus on on Disney as being the theme parks and the attractions and the rides. But there's so many more things to experience. I could actually put to, together a trip itinerary that would keep you exceedingly busy for an entire week without really going into a theme park besides uh, doing backstage tours. So there's a ton of things to experience and do and learn from the, the Disney uh, resorts and the parks but you, sometimes you have to dig a little further to find them. And it's also perspective, Becky, too, because I've done presentations, I've done tours, I've, I've gone with small groups of whether it's business people or students, and you can take them into a park and show them the same thing from a lot of different ways. So, for example, I've gone with students into Magic Kingdom, Epcot, animal kingdom even and been able to show them the park from whether it's a storytelling perspective a customer service perspective a business mm-hmm. perspective a um, an educational perspective and it almost has nothing to do with quote-unquote disney per se but how these are implemented in the parks uh, the guest experience whatever it might be. And sometimes that's how you have to frame it. That's how you have to frame the experience for people in terms of what is going to resonate most with them. Um, I've gone even to, you know, places like Disney's Hollywood studios and galaxy's edge and never really talked about the, the never talked about star Wars and never talked about some of the actual um, subject matter, but instead we're looking at it from storytelling from immersive experiences from interactive technology 
And it almost doesn't didn't matter sort of where we were in terms of the story that's being told, but how you choose to approach it. Yeah. Uh, well, you had mentioned a lot of us have other family members, too, that are like, you're going where again? I think all of us in the community have that feeling. Mine was my stepfather who was like, you're, why are you going to Disney again? What What is going on with this place? So I took him uh, probably seven years ago or so to um, to Disney World so that he could see what I loved about it. But what I set up for him, he was he is a huge bass fisherman. So one morning I set him up to go out bass fishing uh, out uh, on the lake at Epcot. And um, he came back beaming. And then later that day, we went to the Magic Kingdom and I'd walked inside. I had to go into City Hall for something. And so I, I left him and his uh, his wife outside and a parade started coming by. When I came out of City Hall, there he was at the front with all the little kids watching the princesses go by in the parade and smiling and grinning ear to ear. And after we returned, he said, no, I, I, I get it now. So you find that one thing that just hooks them in that says, okay, now I, there are things for me too. And then you introduce them to the things and that's how we spread the magic. And that's part of the fun, right? Is, is that's how yeah. you get them in. And the next thing you know, they're hooked. So yeah. Um, okay, sometimes for people it's food, and that's cool too. All right, let's uh, move on. <laughs> a couple more quick questions. Next one comes from Joey Adams, who says, Lou, I just finished reading Bob Iger's book, and I'm looking for more Disney leadership books. I've also read Creating Magic by Lee Cockrell, who I love, Disney War by James Stewart, and How to Be Like Walt from Pat Williams. During quarantine, I'm knocking out a lot of books. You're not alone, Joey. Do you have any recommendations? Um, Joe, I think this is a great question. I think there are so many, again, fantastic books by Disney current and former cast members that are not necessarily about Disney, the parks and the movies, but utilizing what they have learned from Disney to integrate into your business or even your personal life. You you mentioned creating magic by Lee Cockerell. I think that needs to be on uh, every, not just executives, but I think even um, entrepreneurs shelves. Uh, Lee has two, uh, three other books actually now. He's got The Customer Rules, uh, Time Management Magic, and Creating Career Magic. Um, They're all fantastic. Yeah, and you never know what else Lee is. Lee is the hardest working retired dude I've ever met <laughs> in my entire life. And the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because his son, Dan Cockrell, who I've had back on show 521 when he was still working for the company, fantastic and, and very fascinating career at the company, and show 585 called The Untold Stories of Walt Disney World, which I will tell you had received a, a lot of very interesting comments and attention because Dan shared stories about things that I had never heard of before, never heard of elsewhere, specifically about some of the original plans for what Star Wars was going to look like in the Ooh, parks. Um, interesting. Yeah, it got that, that show got a lot of um, interest from even sort of outside our, our Disney bubble because of stuff Dan was talking. Again, nothing that he wasn't allowed to talk about, but very, very fascinating. So again, Dan was on, that's 521, show 585. But Dan Cockerell, um, again, timing being everything, he has a new book coming out in August, I believe August 11th, called How is the Culture in Your Kingdom, where he talks about leading yourself, 
and your team, leading your organization as well as leading change and sort of navigating change and boosting creativity. Uh, Dan, much like his dad, is not just a brilliant uh, business person, but a, a fantastic storyteller, um, incredibly creative, amazing leader. Uh, anybody that worked under either of those two during their very, very long tenures at Walt Disney World um, can tell you. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes to where you can find any of the Cockerel Kingdom's books, um, <laughs> including Dan's How's the Culture in Your Kingdom, which is coming out, like I said, I believe August 11th, it drops. Yeah, you can't go wrong with those guys. Um, those The books that he had, that Lee has, are amazing. And I haven't read Bob Iger's book yet. I do have a copy. I have a signed copy. And I'm afraid to open it. <laughs> so I don't want to ruin it. <clears throat> but um, I've been thinking about getting that on ebook so I can listen to it. But it's it is so um, inspirational to listen to how the magic was made and how the magic is made from a company that is so creative and um, is so transformational in a lot of ways. Um, the customer service aspect of anything that I've read so far has has driven a lot of what I do in my company, and I I can't wait to to uh, get my hands on Dan's new book because that would be amazing too. Yeah, and and both Dan uh, and his dad in separate years were both keynote speakers at my Momentum conference here mm -hmm. in Walt Disney World. And for both of them, um, I could have cleared the agenda for the rest of the day and just let those guys talk. So, Becky, yeah. I would recommend to you, too, since you looked very puzzling, puzzling, puzzly at me, show 521, show 585. Okay. Yeah, write those. Got it. Yeah, get a pen. Five, <laughs> the untold stories with Dan Cockerell was was really really interesting. So cool. Uh, all right, last question. Uh, this comes and forgive me if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly. Ali Flame, F L A M M E. Ali Flame says I'm planning a trip to Walt Disney World in late October. I'm going with a handful of first time visitors, and I haven't been back to Walt Disney World since 2015. God, you missed a lot. There's so much to see and do and eat. With the new park hours due to COVID-19, there leaves a lot of time in the evenings and mornings to do things outside the parks. So I was wondering if you had any good suggestions or plans for brunch outside the parks, a dinner at Disney Springs, and maybe another Disney event or something to do in the evenings, whether it be a dinner at a resort or something entertaining outside the parks Thanks for the help, Ali Flame Flom. Ali, Ali. I hope I'm getting your first name right <laughs> too. Works. It's A L L E. Al. It might just be Al. Um, so Becky, yes. Brunch outside the parks. What's the? You look like you actually have an answer. Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I usually do, but I'm still going. All right. I've got five different possibilities. But if I had brunch, you know, the first place my brain went immediately was homecoming. Mm -hmm. Um. Just, just from their, oh my gosh, they had a, um, a flight of mimosas at one point that was just Becky, incredible. Focus on the food. Focus on the food. <laughs> Sorry, I focus on beverages. You focus on food. But I, I think you and I actually went to brunch one time at homecoming. Once you're now, you're looking puzzles like I did. What? That wasn't me, but that's fine. Yeah, it's that okay. was you. But it was definitely you. It was like right after it was, um, it came out. But that was the first thing that came to mind for me for brunch. It was for me too. 
possibly because I just had it a couple of weeks ago. So you, I was see, there. See, that's the why very, you don't remember me. I will. I was there the very first day they reopened for brunch. Um, I love Chef Art Smith. Um, I love Homecoming. I love the brunch. It can almost sort of just go in uh, and not even need to look at them. Everything is so good. They make you feel um, at home there too. So, uh, and actually, He's, just obviously, you know, I just did a an interview. With Chef Art Smith uh, back on show 592, where we talked all about homecoming and brunch, and we ate together. I wasn't expecting it, but it was an added bonus well, of, cool. of doing, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. So uh, so brunch outside the parks. I would also say homecoming. Becky, believe it or not, uh, I have never done brunch as yet, and I cannot believe this, I have never done brunch at the California Grill. That was the other one. Are they still doing that? Because I, I, honestly, I'm not sure. Right now, I, again, as we record this, I, I don't know. Um, okay. but I, I have to believe it is going to start again, but I have been told, because like, Mangello, how have you not done that brunches yet? I haven't either, and they have bottomless mimosas. Mm. So <laughs> that was the, the big one for there. And then they also have the Bloody Mary bar for those you know, that need to partake in that. I'm going to throw out a couple of the ones too, just for giggles. I've also done brunch at uh, Maria and Enzo's in <laughs> Disney Springs, which is very, very good. Um, I know Raglan Road has a brunch and, oh, all right, Becky, you know what? I, I will speak <laughs> to you in a language you can understand. Over at the Walt Disney World Dolphin at Finn's, the lounge in the lobby, they have not one, not two, not three, but four, count them, four different Bloody Marys, which are basically brunch in a cup. Um, I t- <laughs> you have your vegetables. They're all there. It, um, <laughs> I, I did. I try to think if I did a video or um, a, a live thing a, a couple years ago when they first introduce them um they're called i think they're called oh they're called proud marys that's it and they have one that's a blue zoo inspired one that has old bay crab louis and a lobster tail and cocktail shrimp in it (laughs) the maria italiano (laughs) has uh, uh italian seasoning and little meats and cheeses the hail mary is inspired by shula's it was actually my favorite believe it or not which is going to be surprising based on it has filet mignon, lobster claws, and barbecue shrimp in it. Go do the Google. Interesting. Becky. Yeah. It's P-H-I-N-S. And then the Dragon Mary is inspired by kimono. It has yuzu juice, sriracha, <laughs> and a dragon roll sushi skewer sticking out of it. These things are huge. They're available on Sundays from 10 to 2. They range from about $27 to $30. Um, they really are little sort of meals in a cup. Yeah, but I'm going to go. Well, that sounds fantastic. I, know, I can't get over the 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 donuts, like the sugar donuts that you can get. And isn't there a dish there that you get chicken and sugar donuts and at Homecoming? And the and the things. It's, <sighs> I'm still with you. Homecoming is the place to go. And, but. and church lady deviled eggs. All right, so I've very never quick. been so happy with deviled eggs oh, in my entire gosh. existence. The pecan <laughs> pie, it's and it's uh, you can so good, and they're so nice there. Um, where would you go for dinner at Disney Springs? 
Oh, well, <laughs> I, know, I know. Why do I even ask that question? If the answer I, is I the boathouse. Just save the boathouse because there's no, there's no arguing with you with, I, look, on that I love, and... I look, I love Morimoto and I love Homecoming I and I love Wine Bar. George is a new fan. You do favorite. realize what happened to me at Morimoto, right? They no. took away the bento box. I, I now have this thing. Becky, I, outside your if comfort you're going to go, you need I... to sort of come with me to Morimoto. You buy, <laughs> obviously you buy, but come yeah. with me. And I will show you the way. This is the way. I will show the you the that, way. The way they serve, though, is it's good for like a family um, because it, you can't really go there and eat by yourself unless you're eating sushi uh, because then you get a big, huge $20, you know, thing yeah, okay. of orange chicken. And? And, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and? It's, it's meant to be shared, put it that way. But whatever. Um, I do love Morimoto. I think it is a, a wonderful addition. I love Raglan Road. I think that that is really fun. And of course, the entertainment that happens there too is really cool. Um, Homecoming has been one of my favorites that I've been going to more so than anything. But yeah, I like you and somewhat drawn to the boathouse, the atmosphere, the fun, how it's opened up, the the lounge that's outside. I love the outside tables where you can just take in the water and watch the boats go back and forth and the people um, plus you can get a beverage with a little teeny tiny rubber ducky, which is just amazing to me. <laughs> the tuna is so the good. Sliders. The raw, oh, everything. And you don't have to be a seafood. Look, some of the best steaks and filet sliders you're going to get anywhere. Ali and you listener, the answer clearly is you could make an entire day and night at Disney Springs, mm-hmm. just enjoying the culinary adventures that that we would can go on together. If you are confused, take me with you. I will be your fat little Ewok Jedi guide and take you through it. But I want to know from you, where is your face? Where is your favorite place? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm so, a, a little. You're still thinking about food. all the food. Yeah. Where's your favorite fa- place for brunch outside the parks or dinner at Disney Springs? I will obviously mm. post this question in the group on Facebook. You can also call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-9391. Leave a voicemail. Leave a question. Let me hear the passion in your voice. And listen, all these things are great to have us talk about it, to show you live, to you know bring to you on the show. But there is nothing I can tell you, and in no uncertain terms, there is nothing like being back in the magic. And it's yeah. okay to cry when you get there because you're going to do it. And again, I'm I'm not just saying it because you're here, Becky. But I think we understand the importance now more than ever of having some help and guidance and not just you, but really a team of agents in your corner, not just to help plan and get those discounts, but if something goes wrong, if whatever, you know, they've got you there um, at, at, to, to have access to you at all times. Thank you for saying that. And again, it, it really has been, um, when, when all this happened, uh, it was an emergency situation for so many and we were changing trips on a dime and having to wait sometimes four or eight hours to handle things that were going on for um, for the clients where they had to change resorts or move resorts or change dates or cancel things. And um, it's really when something goes horribly wrong that you really want an advocate in your corner. Our clients didn't have to wait on hold. We were there for them. We were the ones that, that took care of all those little details. So we would be very appreciative uh, if you would consider using a travel planner to support the travel industry and better yet, please try us. We would love to show you our services and what we can do uh, to help make your trip magical. And then if every 
if if everything goes great, terrific. We that's what we're hoping for. But we're there in your corner if something needs some special TLC. Well, listen, I wouldn't be using you and recommending you for you know seventeen some odd years, whatever it was, if you didn't like Disney continue to deliver outstanding exceptional service and exceed expectations so go visit them over at mousefantravel.com email me if you have a question you want us to answer on the show and becky get ready because uh, we need to start addressing our our top 10 lounges beverages all the things that are very much in the mankin wheelhouse like I said, I could have sat there and just listed stuff off. I came up with the one that I thought because I thought you would go, you need to be quiet now because we have a hundred other questions we have to answer. So I held it all back and I can't wait to talk about lounges and beverages. And I, what I can't wait for is to see you in person again and to be in either Disneyland or Disney World to um, have soak a drink in a lounge magic. with you. I know. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. And hey, you know what? While we were talking about Disney Springs a moment ago, how did we forget about places like City Park? for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, hear, remember, or taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I took you back to Epcot or Epcot Center or Epcot in all capitals. However, it is that you describe and or remember Epcot because the park was known by four different names over its 35-year history. And I asked you to identify what those four names are or were. Now, the four official names were Epcot Center, kept Epcot in all caps. There was also Epcot 94, Epcot 95, and now finally just Epcot. Again, last week we were playing for all of my digital products, which is my 102 ways to save money for not Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, all of which, by the way, still just $10 on the WW Radio store, a WW Radio vinyl sticker, Magic Band cover, and a mystery prize from my personal collection. I have been putting 10 new items each week up on eBay every Sunday night, starting and ending at 9 p.m. Eastern. I have been collecting Disney and Marvel and Star Wars for 40 plus years and the time has come to start getting them out of my closet and out of them out of the garage and into the hands of people who can enjoy and appreciate and display them. So 10 new auctions each week if you go to www.com/ebay you can find all the auctions. I'm going to pull one of the items out of the closet before it even makes it makes it up onto the auction block and I will include that in the prize package this week. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Andy Clover. So, Andy, congratulations. You used the online form. I have your shipping address, and we'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, we're going to go from Epcot Center, or 94, 90, whatever it is you call it. We're going from Epcot 
over to Magic Kingdom, specifically Adventureland, and specifically because it's been too long, a place that has to involve food. One of my favorite dining locations in any Walt Disney World theme park is the Skipper Canteen, not just for the menu, but for the theming, the backstory, the connection to the Jungle Cruise. But I want to know this week, what was originally in this location when Magic Kingdom opened in 1971? I'm going to give you a hint. At one time, this location was home to Pixie Hollow, which was Tinkerbell and her fairy friends meet and greet, sometimes a Captain Jack meet and greet, usually during some of the Halloween parties, but those are not the answers that I'm looking for. I want to know what was the name of what was in this location when the park opened in 1971. You have until Sunday, July 26th, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the book, the audio tours, the sticker, the cover, and another mystery prize from my Eat My Personal Collection. And don't forget that if you enjoy playing trivia each week, you can also play with me every day on my Instagram stories as I pose daily Disney trivia. It's easy, fun, takes just a few seconds to play. It's multiple choice, so it's easy, but a great way to test your knowledge and hopefully learn something along the way. Again, I am at Instagram.com slash So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I hope you had fun, learned something new, and maybe the show brought a little bit of happiness and magic to your day and your week. Please don't forget to join the community in conversation, not just to talk about this week's show, but anything in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe. It's fun, completely family-friendly, and drama-free, and it can be part of the community by going to www.com slash community. Speaking of community and friendships and support and love and help, I want to thank some of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. I appreciate all of you who have joined, the hundreds of you who are part of the family and help support the show, including some members like the Whitsons, Quincy Julian, Pastor Stephen Grant, Joel Siegel, Tom Nolan, Kelly Watts, and Jeffrey Pierce. If you want to find out how you can not only help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, trivia quests, we have our own private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive live video group calls, and lots more. You can visit www.radio.com support. It is, of course, completely optional. Starts at just a dollar a month, but it's also a great way for you to not only help you show your support for the show, but don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. In addition to the podcast, please don't forget to join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live, live video broadcast and chat, either from the home studios or now, finally, back out in the Walt Disney World theme parks. You can like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash Radio. Make sure you turn on notifications there, as well as in our group at www.radio.com slash community. If you have a question you want me to answer on a future episode, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. If you want to call the voicemail be heard on the air, you can call 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. The question, a comment, a hello from the parks. You can also connect with me directly on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. 
And yes, I still believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. And someday we will be able to get back to that and back to our monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. Stay tuned for more information as things start to change in the parks. But also be sure to go to www.radio.com slash events to find out about not only upcoming events in the parks, but our upcoming WDW Radio Marvel Day at Sea Cruise out of Miami this January, as well as other meetups, both virtually and on the road. And I'd love to be able to thank you and help you and help you turn what you love into what you do. And the easiest way for us to work together is with a one-on-one call. I can help get you from where you are to where you want to be by creating and executing on different ideas and solutions unique to you and your business. With one-on-one mentoring, we can work on ideation, content creation, marketing, social media, brand building, community monetization, and more. In our one-hour video call, I'll offer practical and tactical guidance, as well as a blend of both personal and business coaching with notes, clear action steps, as well as personal access for ongoing accountability and support. To find out more, you can visit lumangelo.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, to please help spread the word, let others know about it, tweet out that you're listening, share a link to this or your favorite episode on Facebook, and if you can, take just a few seconds to rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. Thanks to you, we have more than 2,500 five-star reviews. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Ekua. E-C-C-U-A, who says it's the best podcast out there. Lou brings a fun, full-range look at everything Disney, from the parks, cruises, and adventures to the films and history. His podcast keeps the magic alive, and it's a great way to get your Disney fix every week. Wilson's Ranch says, top-quality content filled with happiness. Love the podcast, positive inspiration, and filled with love. Lou's tapped into the happiness in which others want to be a part of. Makes us feel as though you're a lifelong friend, because you are. Also valuable information about all things Disney. Baseball man 55555 says Lou Mangello is the goat. He's the WW Radio is a must listen for any Disney fan. So much great info and honest commentary on the parks and beyond. Sound bites at the beginning are the best. Scuba Steve 1622 says it's a little taste of Disney. If you can't be at the park or if you can, one of the best hours or two of your day will be with this podcast. Lou embodies the spirit of Disney. I've listened to well over 100 episodes in the past year. Wow. And always find myself wanting more. It's a must if you love Disney. And Joseph Mercier says, love it. I'm a huge fan. Absolutely love the show. I listen to it nearly every day while I'm working. Well, Joseph, Scuba Steve, Baseball Man, Wilson's Ranch, and Ekua, thank you so very much for taking the time not just to listen but to rate and review the show. Again, to find the show, just do a search for WW Radio in Apple Podcasts, or if you go to www.radio.com slash iTunes, it'll show you exactly how and where to leave a review. Finally, most importantly, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you. I appreciate you. I miss you so very much, and I hope more than anything that this show just makes your day a little bit happier. It inspires you to be a little bit better and inject some positivity into your day and into your life that hopefully has a ripple effect and you pay that forward. Choose the good, my friend. Look for and find the good in everything that you do. You have the power to make choices and decisions. Choose the good. Choose to see the good, even sometimes when it's a little bit more difficult than usual. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the effect that it has on you and the people around you. Thank you again so very much. If there's anything that I can do to thank you or to help you, please feel free to reach out. Otyerwise, I hope to see you on the Wednesday Night Live show and, of course, 
back here again next week. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou and Box Fam. Uh, this is Beth in Brooklyn, and it is Friday afternoon. I had to look and see what day it was because 2020. Um, but yeah, so kind of feeling bombed. I was supposed to be heading down to Disney tomorrow for my birthday. And, um, but anyway, so I had some answers for this week's questions. Um, in terms of merchandise, I don't really have a go-to item. I usually will pick something each trip that kind of represents that trip. So it's kind of hard to say with that. Um, person, I think definitely Joe Rohde. I would love to see Walt and Joe just dream up ideas. That would be incredible. Um, movie, I think just because of Walt's involvement with Mary Poppins, I would love to have him see Mary Poppins returns and see what he thinks about that. Um and if that's sort of the direction he would have gone with it. Um, TV, I don't have cable. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of breaking rules, and I would take him to Broadway, uh, past and present. Well, present, pre-shutdown. Um, but the shows that I would say would be The Lion King um, for the costuming is just incredible. And seeing the animals come through the aisles, it's just amazing. Um, and then the other three are past. The last one sadly passed. Um, Mary Poppins, the stagecraft in that was amazing. I would love for him to see Ashley Brown as Mary because she was incredible. Um, Beauty and the Beast, everything about it on stage and like the Beast transformation, which they have to sign a disclosure contract. Um, or an anti-disclosure contract that they will not disclose how the transformation happens. And then, um, Frozen which sadly is not coming back after um, the Broadway shutdown. Um, just the effects in that are incredible. Um, and since it's based on the, um, I forget the title of it, but I know he had been very in- interested in turning that original fairy tale into a, into a movie. And song, I would have to take him um, to back year and a half ago or whatever when I saw Alan Menken, um, the, the New York Pops Gala honoring Alan Menken and Angela Lansbury came out and sang Beauty and the Beast with Alan Menken playing the piano. Um, that was just the epitome there. I think had um, Howard Ashman lived and Alan Menken would have been kind of the next Sherman Brothers, um, so to speak, in terms of music for Disney things. And there was just something completely magical about seeing Angela Lansbury singing Beauty and the Beast with Alan Menken playing the piano. So that's what I would do with that. Um, I hope everybody is staying safe and well. And uh, just take care and uh, look for the good. Bye. Hello, Lou. This is David Dossey calling in from Ocala, Florida. I'm a little bit behind on podcast episodes, but I just listened to show 591 which is what you should watch on Disney Plus to enhance your enjoyment of the parks and I just wanted to call in and uh, give a few suggestions that I had um, so my first my first suggestion is a movie that I unfortunately don't think is on Disney Plus right now um, but I'm really hoping it will be added soon so that everyone gets a chance to enjoy this movie and it is Follow Me Boys from 1966 um, with 
um, with Fred McMurray and a very young Kurt Russell. And I think it really, it really evokes the, um, the small town early 20th century America that, that Walt Disney loves so much and that that's present in, in Main Street. Um, and my second suggestion uh, is over in Adventureland. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know if uh, uh, you two mentioned this on the show, but I didn't hear it, so I'm going to say it anyways. And it is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, um, because obviously nothing says adventure like, like Jules Verne. And my third suggestion is over at Hollywood Studios, and that would be The Reluctant Dragon. Uh, it's kind of a, a package film, um, but it, it kind of takes you behind the scenes of Disney, Disney animators as they made a movie. It shows what it, would, what it would have been like to make a movie in 1941, I believe. Um, but even cooler is that you get to see a, a relatively young Walt Disney in the final portion of the film, not as a narrator like some of us are, are used to seeing, but instead as an actor playing kind of a version of himself, which is which is kind of neat. Uh, so there you have it. Those are my uh, few of my suggestions. Um, thanks for everything you do, Lou. I uh, look forward to seeing you in the box. Bye for now. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, Pennsylvania. I listened to the latest podcast today while I was doing some chores around the house. I just came home from a week at the shore in Jersey, and it was wonderful. And I would say that what I would want to show Walt would be the My Disney Experience app and all the things that you can do with it and the magic bands. Like, I think he would really get a kick out of all of that. And then Disney Plus, like you guys are saying, I think his jaw would drop if he saw Disney Plus. Um, as far as where I would take him to eat, that's a really tough one because there's just so many good restaurants. Um, on Disney property, but I do, I forget who said Trails End, but I think that would be a really, really good choice since um, he loved um, Fort Wilderness and all of the food at the buffet. I think he would get a kick out of it. Anyway, everybody make somebody smile. I will see you all Wednesday in the box. I very, very much enjoyed you going live from Magic Kingdom. I was actually um, down the shore when you did that, and I was sitting on the beach with headphones watching you walk around Magic Kingdom. And uh, today I had uh, you at um, Animal Kingdom as I was going through my day um, with all the doggies at my house. I feel like I'm in the Animal Kingdom. Um, anyway, thank you so much. I cannot wait for Epcot on um, on Thursday. Is it Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday? the 15th. So I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. So um, thank you so much for doing that for all of us. It really helps us get our Disney fix and wish that we were there. So thanks again, Lou. And everybody have a great week. Talk to you all soon. Bye.